You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks! Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson, starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks! Powered by Seahawks.com. It does feel like there is a little extra energy and a little extra something in the air around the Seahawks this week. Welcome to the podcast, Jen Mueller and John Boyle from Seahawks.com with you. And John, am I missing the mark on this or does it feel like there's just a little something extra going on with the team? I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, you're coming off a nice win. Arguably, when you look at how the defense played for three quarters, at least your most complete game of the season in terms of offense and defense chipping in. And then, you know what? We talked about it back in training camp. Jamal Adams brings a certain different level of energy and swagger to that defense. And it looks like he's coming back this week. He practiced Wednesday and Pete Carroll said he's going to be a full go this week. So, You get him out on the field, you add Carlos Dunlap to the mix, and I think people just feel like this team's gotten to a pretty good place through seven games, and it should only get better. Before we jump into the additions that we can expect on defense this week, what do you make of the game last week against the 49ers? Because you mentioned that defense. Look, through three quarters, they had allowed less than 120 total yards. That fourth quarter got a little out of control, and And I know that that skews the numbers, but what do you make of it in all? I think it's really encouraging. I mean, yeah, look, you don't want to give up three late touchdowns, even with a big lead. That part's not ideal. But when you talk about the big kind of potential weakness for this team, the defense had given up a ton of yards, a lot of points. They were not getting pressure on the quarterback. And then you look at who was missing last week. They were missing so many key players. And you thought, oh, man, this Kyle Shanahan offense, this could be a real tough game, big shootout. You're going to have to score a ton of points. And the offense did its part and scored a ton of points anyway. But the defense, as you said, three quarters, they gave up 117 yards, only one scoring drive. They were getting pressure. They're blitzing a lot. And we saw Bobby Wagner get not just the two sacks, but he hit the quarterback four times. Just a lot of really positive signs that I think you can build on, especially as we just said, when you're going to start adding guys. Well, and on either side of the ball, there were a ton of injuries last week. In fact, every single inactive player was a starter or the caliber of a starter, right? So I'm thinking Carlos Hyde wasn't in there. Neither was Chris Carson. Both of those could be starters and they were dealing with injuries and the Seahawks still managed to put up some pretty impressive numbers. Not only the fewest yards allowed from the defense, but also we saw some good things from the offense as far as third down conversion rate. That is going to be particularly important when you are facing the Buffalo Bills. But before we get to that, John, let's back up and talk about those new additions on defense. And I say new because it feels like Jamal Adams is a new addition because it's been so long since we've seen him on the field. But you know, I I think that Carlos Dunlap is going to bring quite a bit of energy after hearing him address the media this week. The good thing is, you know, he just took a week off. So he's, he's been practicing and preparing and playing games and all that. So no concern about anything other than, you know, how he handles the learning part of it, which he's a vet and he, and he already just getting through our first walkthrough, he handled everything just right. So uh, I don't see any restriction at all uh, on him playing this week. We'll find out during the week and, and all, but um, really excited to have him out here. And he's, he's really pumped about being part of it. Yeah, I mean, the, you talked about the energy in his press conference, and I think we're going to see a guy 
who is really excited for this opportunity. He talked about this kind of being a perfect fit for him. Um, you know, he's been on a team, let's face it, the Bengals haven't had a ton of success really for most of his career there. And he's looking to be a guy who can help get a team over the hump and win a championship. And, you know, we hear it all the time from players who come from outside of this organization and join the team, just how special of a place it is, the energy at practice, the culture Pete Carroll's built. And I think Carlos Dunlap is going to really feed off that. And you're going to see a very motivated, very hungry player out there on Sunday and for the rest of the season. And we do expect to see him at that Leo position, even though he was not familiar with the Leo position. He's excited it does now like it, that he knows what it is. Exactly, right? It does seem to fit his skill set really well. And he's excited the Seahawks do plan to use him a significant amount of time. How far do you think this goes in settling that D-line rotation? Because, John, it just it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's there yet. Like, there's opportunities, but also that there's still a lot of question marks. Yeah, I mean, you add a pro bowler, it's a big get and it will help. To me, what really can make a difference is sort of the trickle down effect of it. Uh, Benson Mayoa throughout his career has been a guy who's a really good kind of situational, maybe not playing every down, but you limit his snaps a little bit and he gives you that spark coming in in the rotation and getting, you know, a lot of pressures relative to his playing time. Those numbers fell off a little bit this year and I, you know, maybe some of that had to do with his usage. They were having to play him a lot just because they didn't have the depth there, especially Bruce Irvin being out of that pass rush rotation early on. So you're going to keep Mayo a fresher. I think we saw Alton Robinson prove once again last week that he can be a big part of it. And Pete Carroll was pretty blunt that, yeah, he earned it. He's going to play more. So now you start talking about, you don't just add this high level starting caliber, pro bowl caliber guy. It helps everybody down the line as well. And they are going to need to be able to either bring pressure against Josh Allen or certainly make sure that they toughen up on third down because the Bills are the best team in the NFL. They are converting over 50% of their third down opportunities. And one of the reasons for that is the play of the quarterback. They're, they're really creative and they, they do a nice job with the stuff they do. But uh, I, I really think it, it comes back uh, to the quarterback. You know, he just does a great job of making things happen for second shots in the passing game and then for taking off and running. And he's a load to tackle and to get down. Hard to sack him. So he's he's really the show. And, and I think it, when you watch him play, you're going to see the QB. He's just going to catch your eye. He's going to make things happen. Uh, he, he's got a knack about going for it in difficult situations. And he likes to go physical and run the football tough. Um, so... I think the combination of the throw in the game, of course, and the good receivers they have, uh, scheme-wise and all that, when you have a guy that can make first downs with his legs, then it makes it really hard. I and mean, he's just really good at it. And I don't think the Seahawks have faced a quarterback like him recently. I mean, they, they yeah. faced the elusive quarterbacks, but, but Josh Allen is a different kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a very unique player in general. I think Bobby Wagner was asked about this, like, who's he compared to? And he didn't really come up with a specific name because when you talk about as Pete Carroll's outline, he is mobile. He can make guys miss or, you know, run through guys as much as make guys miss, but he's a big mobile guy who can run well. And then he's got just an insane arm and he's still growing as a pure passer, but he can make some just crazy throws with his arm strength. I mean, as a runner, just the physical stature, it almost reminds me of a Cam Newton of just this guy's hard to bring down. He's so physical, but then you mix in just this, crazy arm strength he can do some weird things when you know you look at most quarterbacks in a situation of well he can't make that throw on the run or in this position but he can do it so 
he's a dangerous player. They added a great receiver in Diggs to help him, and we're seeing that's a very potent offense. Well, and I don't think we're very familiar with the Bills and that offense and some of those playmakers, because obviously we're not really keeping track of the AFC and certainly not the Bills out here in Seattle. But when you talk about Diggs, that is a player that the Seahawks are used to. And Pete Carroll likes that wide receiving group that Josh Allen has regardless. Stefan is really a good player at doing everything. Route running, catching and running, getting deep making the big catch. He's a fantastic football player and a true number one. Um, Cole Beasley is a really good player in their offense, too. They know how to use him. He's all over the place, and we've always had respect for him, making plays, getting open, tough catches, you know, gritting out the, the third and fives and sixes, you know, for him. He's really effective there. And they, they're real fast uh, with, with the two guys that we saw in the Cardinals for years. Uh, and uh, so, you know, John Brown plays a lot, and he's really fast. Um, so, you know, we're, you know Andre, they're, they're good players. So we know the group, and, and we're familiar with them. We have a lot of respect for them. Yeah, I mean, Diggs is the one that really jumps out to me. We saw him with Minnesota over the last few years. And, you know, the first thing I think of, and Pete mentioned this, the route running. I mean, he's that guy that just runs these crazy good routes that are so hard to defend. And then you mix in all those other guys Pete Carroll mentioned. I don't think any duo is quite up to Lockett Metcalf standard in this league right now, but they do have some element of that of it's not just one guy you're trying to take away. It's you've got to deal with all these different guys. And if you put too much attention on digs, they got guys who can beat you. So that's a dangerous unit. And now they're starting to find a running game. You look at their running numbers the last couple of weeks and the rookie Moss, like that's beginning to become a really good balanced offense. So it's, it's going to be a tough test. Yeah. And it'll be interesting. You know, I thought by this point in the year, we would see both teams relying on the running game more because it is Buffalo in November and they are experiencing unseasonably warm temperatures. It could be in the mid sixties. Right. And so for these passing numbers, you know, I I think that they're going to be skewed for both teams going in on Sunday. Whereas when I first looked at that schedule, when it came out, I thought, man, this is going to be a ground game all the way, but I, I don't think that that's going to be the case. I do think that there's going to be an opportunity for the Seahawks to continue the run that they have had on offense. Because, John, when you take a look at this Bills team, last year we talked about Buffalo as being one of the best defensive teams in the league. This year they have had their struggles. For as much as Seahawks fans have talked about not getting pressure on the quarterback, Bills fans are saying the same thing. They have not gotten the level of productivity out of their defensive line. And I think that it has trickled down, just like you said earlier, all the way through that defense. Yeah, and you know, they have been a little banged up, especially on the back end of the defense, which which makes a difference for them. But yeah, I mean, you look at what they did last year compared to this year, it's not they're not a bad defense by any means, but they're just not playing quite up to that standard. And look, they Russell Wilson's playing at such a uniquely high level that they have seen Patrick Mahomes, so they've seen one truly elite quarterback, but most teams that are running up against the Seahawks this year haven't seen anything quite like this passing game with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf doing what they're doing. So there is talent in that secondary, you know, if, if they get most of their guys healthy and on the field, that's a good matchup, you know, in terms of good on good. But at this point in the season, from what we've seen against all these different defenses, I like the chance of the Seahawks to move the ball against just about anybody.
Well, and you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, the best two quarterbacks the Bills have faced this year, Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Tannehill. The Titans scored 42 points against this Buffalo defense. The Chiefs scored 26, but they racked up 466 yards of total offense. The secondary, I realize that there's a lot of talent back there, but they've had a hard time taking the ball away with just four interceptions. So you wonder kind of how that's going to work against Russell Wilson knowing that uh, there's some opportunity. And John, this gets us back to our third down conversation. The Seahawks have not capitalized on those opportunities consistently during the course of the year. They are coming off their best week. And this Bill's defense allows opponents to convert more than 50% of the time. Yeah, they're th- they're 30th in the league in third down defense. So there will be opportunity there. As you said, the Seahawks are coming off their best game. They were, what, nine for 15 last week. I will say, though, the one thing I like about the Seahawks offense, their conversion rate isn't great on third down, but they also just don't get to third down a lot this year. They are they have faced the second fewest third downs in the NFL because we've seen them be more aggressive throwing the ball in early downs. And you don't have to convert at a super high rate when you're getting first downs on first and second down all the time. So you want to be better on third down. You want to extend those drives. But it it worries me less when you do what the Seahawks are doing and converting those first downs earlier in the series. Well, and making sure that you convert in the red zone, right? Because you still have the and best red zone They're numbers. damn good at that, yes. They're, I mean, it, the stat is tangentially related, but the stat I saw that blew me away is Russell Wilson leads the NFL in red zone touchdowns and touchdowns over 30 yards. So he's he's beating you from everywhere. He's he's throwing long touchdowns and he's picking you apart in the red zone. It's They have been, and Shoddy gets a lot of credit there too, some some great play design. They've been really efficient in the red zone and it's making Jason Myers' life a little boring, but otherwise you love to see it. You wonder though, if that success continues this week, because if you think about Sean McDermott coaching the Bills, he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina and that Carolina defense posed some challenges for Russell Wilson. He was not able to throw the touchdowns and he was intercepted four times in five meetings against the Panthers when McDermott was there. How much do you think they're going to be able to find some kind of success or was it just what Carolina was able to do? Of course, Luke Keekley in the middle of that defense makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, those were a lot of those picks came in in one playoff game and they uh, they did just a really good job in general. That was a really good defense for a lot of years. So that familiar helps, though. I mean, his scheme worked pretty well against the Seahawks in a lot of those games. Um, But again, and McDermott said this in his press conference this week, the Russell Wilson they're seeing right now is playing a different level than what he saw in Carolina. And the CX offense is just functioning at a different level. So. I don't think it's going to be easy by any means. And I think it helps McDermott that he knows Russell Wilson in the offense a little bit, but I just don't think you can really compare too much to the past because the CX offense is on a whole nother level right now. So we have talked about the matchup that we expect to see on Sunday. How about if we zoom out for just a minute and we think about Buffalo and what this means to Pete Carroll and the fact that Pete Carroll has 26 years of coaching experience in the NFL. It all started in Buffalo, and he gets a chance to go back this week. It is fun to go back there. It's a unique place, and uh, it was a unique experience. You know, first year in the league, uh, we were terrible uh, the year I was there, and uh, they couldn't wait to get us, some of us out of there. I got fired immediately after the season was over. And... Uh, 
it's, so it's fun to go back, and, and it's a it's a unique, like I said, it's a unique place, unique area. Um, I wish their fans were there because it's a great crowd too, you know, and, and they love their football. Yeah, you you have you got to get prepared for a variety of, of weather conditions uh, that can change in a heartbeat and all that. It looks like we have pretty good weather coming. I ain't trusting that until we get there and see it. But uh, so I, I I like going back. And it's interesting to me, not just the the connection of that's where Pete started his NFL coaching career, as he joked very briefly because they had a bad year and everybody got fired. But he's talked in the past about the connection he kind of formed with his idea of this, you know, he calls it win forever. But this idea of sustained success stems a little bit from playing against those Marv Levy coach teams when he was a defensive coordinator and then the head coach of the Jets. Pete Carroll's first coach as a or I'm sorry, Pete Carroll's first win as a head coach was his first game with the Jets in Buffalo. And he's talked about, he remembers kind of looking up at all the banners. That was when they were coming off four straight Super Bowl appearances that year. And it put this idea in his head of, okay, anybody can go out and have a good season and make it to Super Bowl or whatever. But what Marv Lee was doing back then and really what Pete Carroll's been doing for the last decade is getting to the playoffs year after year after year, being in contention every year. And that's incredibly hard to do in today's NFL. And to some degree, I mean, a lot of that would have come about anyway for Pete Carroll, but that did provide a little bit of spark in forming his philosophy of just what he saw out of those Marv Levy Buffalo teams. You know, the Buffalo Bills remind me of my former Spanish teacher in high school. He was a huge Bills fan. And the day after the Super Bowls was never a good day to be in the <laughs> Spanish class. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough. Buffalo, by the way, the last city I need to cross off my list of doing sidelines. I have never been to Buffalo. And John, I'm going to have to stay on the sidelines at least another eight years to get to Buffalo. I'm, I know. I'm a little this disappointed. <laughs> this season for me, I was going to check off the last couple I hadn't been to. Same thing. So I just have to keep doing this for eight more years. That's right. It just gives us something to shoot for in the future. We are almost out of time, but that means that it is now time for us to identify the two things the Seahawks need to do to make sure that they get the win on Sunday and put back-to-back wins together again. John, what do you got? First off, I want to see build upon that pass rush we saw last week, whether that's continuing to blitz at that rate, whether Carlos Dunlap gives you that spark that maybe you don't need to blitz as much, but some way or another, do what you did last week where you're affecting that quarterback, you're hitting them, you're getting a few sacks. Let's call it a, let's have another two and a half, three sacks minimum. And secondly, I don't know who's running the ball this week. We don't know who they're going to have, but I want to see the Seahawks at least have a, a threat of a running game. But, you know, we know this passing game can get the job done, so I'm not worried about needing to be great. But let's have, you know, get DJ Dallas going a little, get Travis Homer. Get, it'd be great if Chris Carson is back. But let's just have a little bit of balance that you need it so that if this McDermott defense has some tricks up its sleeve for Russell Wilson, you, you don't have to be too one-dimensional. You know, I'm going to add on to this. This is no surprise here. I would like to see them stay on the field and extend those drives a little bit. I know that the Seahawks can score quickly, but going to that threat of the run game, look, the Bills give up a lot of rushing yards on the ground and the average yards allowed per drive are are some of the highest in the NFL. They've got over 38 yards allowed per drive. So I'd like to see the Seahawks stay on the field keep the defense fresh so that they can keep that pass rush coming and maybe uh, keep those yards down this week. And also on offense, it is the third down conversions. 
take advantage of those opportunities, even if you only get a couple of them during the course of the game, because you do decide to go deep. I'd like to see them continue that because it's not so much for this week. It's really just proof that they can do that going forward. So that's what I got. I like it. And if it all plays out, the Seahawks should get a win and extend their lead in the NFC and in the division. Next week, we can take a look at what that means for the division race. But that is all the time we have for this week. We will see you next time.